0: Hello, and welcome to Things I Wish Someone Told Me About God with Eric Green, author, producer, songwriter, recording artist, and senior pastor of the Father's House in Eugene, Oregon. I'm your host, Cody Willis, and I'll be facilitating this podcast and interviewing Pastor Eric on a variety of topics pertaining to our walk with God the ministry of the gospel, and the practical outworking of our lives in Jesus Christ. So, thank you for joining us for a lively discussion that we hope challenges and inspires you to think more deeply and biblically about your relationship with God and men. Most importantly, Pastor Eric believes we should all be learning more and more about our God, because He has a beautiful purpose and a plan for you. In today's episode, God's Perfection in My Weakness. I'm here with Pastor Eric Green of the Father's House in Eugene, Oregon, and it is so good to be here with you, Pastor. Hey, good to be here with you, Cody. Let's do this. So today we're talking about weakness, which is a topic that I think most people just try to avoid discussing altogether, particularly uh, their own personal weaknesses, right?
1: I agree with you. Uh, It's not a subject that we hear talked about a lot, but it's so important for us to have a biblical view and understanding
0: of what we're talking about when we say weakness. And that's so important, Pastor, because the world's view of topics like these is really quite a bit different than what the Lord has to say about it. So it says in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That is huge. And I think it's, it's, it's so important for us to understand what the Scripture says about these things is really different than what we've been taught.
1: It is, Cody, because when we hear the word weakness, there's
0: often a negative connotation applied to it. So, Pastor, let's talk about the perception of weakness, because the world views weakness as a point of shame or a bad thing. For example, we so often get caught up in the temptation to look at other people who are struggling look at other people who um, don't have uh, what we have, look at other people who are different than we are, and we assume that they're weak and we aren't. But the Bible, of course, Cody, presents weakness in a different light. First of all,
1: weakness as it's presented to us in the Bible is not sin. Weakness is the condition of each and every man— Weakness is the natural condition of those who need God's strength. And so when we take a look at the way the Bible presents weakness, especially in the passages you read earlier, it is not sin. There's only one solution for sin, and that solution is the cross. So we're not dealing with sin when we speak of weakness in this light. We're dealing, once again, with the condition of men who need God. And God has built us to need him. God has built us for relationship with him, and God provides for us that which is of himself that makes us complete and whole and holy and righteous. So when I come to the point of recognizing that I have need of a savior, that is a point of recognizing my weakness. Now, if I come to God with my own sense of righteousness, of my own sense of accomplishment, which my own sense of worthiness, then I am coming to him in my strength And the Bible rightly says that my righteousness is like filthy rags before God. But if I view myself as I ought to, I view myself as one who is in great need of my God, my
0: Savior, my Lord,
1: my strength.
0: Pastor, I want to continue to unpack this. Something I'm becoming more and more aware of in my walk with the Lord is my tendency, my propensity to to fight against my own weakness as though it were a bad thing as though it were a problem for God. And what I'm finding is it's really a futile effort. Uh, There's so much talk about changing the world, making a difference, yet something I've heard in so many of your teachings is good luck changing yourself. So can you talk about the real work we as Christians are to be doing and how that work aligns with our weakness?
1: Well, when I view myself properly and I view myself according to the Word, my weakness leads me where it ought to, to a point of surrender. Jesus himself came as a child. He came in the weakest condition that anyone can come in. Jesus didn't come as a superhero. He didn't come as as someone with high esteem. He didn't come uh, as nobility. He came as a child uh, born to a virgin in a very obscure place, in a place that wasn't trumpeted, in a place that wasn't noted. And he came as one who was needy, as needy as you were when you were born, as needy as I was when I was born, in a place of weakness. Because God's strength is made perfect in our realization of our need for him. And a true weakness brings me to the point of surrender, brings me to the point of the cross, brings me to the point where I bow before the Lord and ask him for his strength. And my weakness, therefore, is not antithetical to God's strength, is a platform for his strength. And once again, when I say weakness, I'm not talking about my faults, my propensities to, to, to fall short. What I'm talking about is the true condition of a person who comes to the realization that in order to be and to do all that God would have us to be and do, that we have to recognize we
0: cannot do and be those things without Him. It's really interesting that you bring that up, Pastor, because just as Jesus came in the form of a babe, He says to us in Matthew chapter 18, Unless you become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So I'm just struck that we're called to humble ourselves to the weakest and most vulnerable form of our human nature. Why is that? I often say a
1: newborn child is a seven-pound bundle of need. That child can't really do anything for himself or herself, and that child is fully dependent on those around him to bring him or her what they need in order to survive and certainly in order to thrive. And if I view myself that way spiritually, that in order for me to not only survive but to thrive and to become all that God would have me to be, that I'm fully dependent on him and fully dependent on the Holy Spirit to guide me step by step, moment by moment, decision by decision, conversation by conversation into God's strength and into his righteousness. And one of the ways that we know, for instance, that we are walking in God's strength and not our own is that God gets the glory from the things that we do and the words that we speak. And only way God gets the glory is if I don't. And if I am determined to be strong, determined to be noticed, determined to be successful, so to speak, then God cannot and will not get the glory, but I will. And that is a sign that I have not yet understood what it is to be weak and allow God
0: to be strong. So, Pastor, I want to encourage anyone who's listening to us right now who— maybe feels like they're all alone or maybe feels like the position that they're in or that which they're currently struggling with is unique unto them. Because the Scripture specifically tells us that that's not true, does it not? It says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10,
1: verse 13, it reminds us that there's nothing that's come upon us in our life except that which is common to man. And yes, you're right. There are times when we do feel all alone. There are times we feel like that our experience is is unique to us, and nobody's ever gone through anything quite like this. Well, that's not true. The Scripture says very clearly there's nothing new under the sun. And so the things that we go through, we go through for a purpose, and God has a purpose and a plan as it pertains to everything he allows in our lives. And so sometimes those things make us feel weak and make us feel powerless and make us feel like we're in over our heads. But once again, as Paul said to us in the passage that you read at the beginning of our time together, God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. And uh, and just when we think that uh, we are going to be overwhelmed and overcome, when we acknowledge to God that we need him at this moment, his power flows to us so that we can walk in the victory. We can actually be the victory that he promises that we are in Christ Jesus. That's the work of walking with God.
0: So I want to continue to unpack this, Pastor, and when I look back on my walk, just one thing that I wish I would have known a little earlier is that as a child of the King, it is my birthright to draw upon His grace, and I, I just recall stumbling over so many things, stumbling over so many of my weaknesses that once again are the very platform for the strength of God in my life. You know, I I believed when I first got saved, Cody, that being saved was
1: a matter of things I did do and didn't do, Uh, things that I used to do and don't do anymore or things I didn't do before and I do now. And uh, that was a very, very, um, should I say immature understanding of what it means to be saved and to walk with the Lord. Um, Truly, truly understanding the life that God has given me now that I, I have said yes to Jesus Christ is the door that is open to me to be fully who he says that I am. And in spite of the, the smallness that, that that is sometimes a part of my thinking and sometimes a waywardness is part of the way of my doing, that God has a plan and a purpose. And even though I am weak and even though in my own strength I can't, accomplish any of the things that God sets before me, that his strength visits me in that moment. And that brings me to a point of freedom and a point of faith and a point of trusting God in every situation, especially when I feel like I don't have the energy, the power and the resource uh, to accomplish what is set before me. Uh, My weakness, then again, once again, becomes a plus for me and not a negative uh, because it brings me to the point of knowing that if I'm going to be and do according to the will of God, it is going to be because of His strength, His enablement, and not mine.
0: So, Pastor, we've established that weakness is universal among mankind and even a requirement for entering the kingdom. So I want to discuss the difference between weakness as a weakness and weakness as a strength, because when I listen to Paul, he talks about boasting, all the more gladly, of his weaknesses. What what is he talking about there, Pastor? Because I don't think he's talking about self-loathing. I don't think he's talking about self-sympathizing. It sounds to me like he's speaking from a place of confidence. He's speaking from a place of confidence, Cody, and he's speaking of that
1: place because he's come to an understanding of the grace of God. You and I are saved by grace through faith. We will be kept by grace through faith. And we're going to get to heaven and enjoy all the bounty and benefits of heaven. We're going to get to heaven and enjoy all the bounty and benefits of heaven by grace through faith. And Paul says in this passage in 2 Corinthians that God's grace is sufficient for me. Because God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. Um, and so that grace is the, is the focus that Paul brings us to. Grace is God's unmerited favor and his endless bounty and his willingness uh, to be God on our behalf when we come to him and ask him and we come in weakness and we come as children. Remember, Jesus said, none of us are going to enter the kingdom unless we enter as children. And what did he mean by that? None of us are going to enter into God's strength and into God's fullness unless we come weak. And that strength is poured out on us according to God's grace to those who come to him in his son. So the point always is coming to God in Jesus, in Jesus's power and what Jesus has earned and what Jesus has been rewarded with that becomes what we're rewarded with when we come to God in the spirit, according to once again, our own unworthiness and the worthiness of his son. I hope that's clear.
0: So, Pastor, I just consider the fact right now that when I see myself in Christ, it changes everything. And so, I want to talk about reconciliation. So many go round and round the mountain of their own failures, their own stumbling blocks, while others are reconciled to the fact of their weakness. And so, as I consider this weakness, I don't consider that I need to embrace it. But what I do consider is that. Jesus Christ is the point. Jesus Christ is what God is after in me. And so when I say reconciliation, what I mean is there are those who are past the vicious cycle of stumbling in their weakness over and over again. They're no less weak, yet in Christ, they are free to boast just as Paul did. When I hear the term,
1: Cody, reconciliation, I think uh, in terms of accounting. Uh, my wife's an accountant, and so she is uh, part of her duties is, is reconciling accounts, making everything make sense, right down to the last penny of what came in, uh, what was distributed, and what was returned, and where you know all the assets ought to be, whether they're in a proper account, whether they're properly accounted for. And reconciliation means that you and I are properly accounted for, that every detail of my life and your life adds up, so to speak, when it comes to God's accounting. Now, you and I are going to give an account before God for our lives, um, all of our words and all of our deeds and even our thoughts. Without Jesus Christ, and that is a scary, scary thought. That's a scary, scary prospect that I am going to be judged uh, for everything that I've said and that I've done. The work of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, covers for every weakness and failure and shortcoming in my life. And God is fully, fully satisfied with me when he sees me in Christ Jesus, the only man who's ever fully satisfied his requirements, the only man in whom there is the possibility of reconciliation, because he has never fallen outside of God's will in anything he thought or did. And according to God's grace, his bounty and his perfection is credited to my account. Therefore, I am reconciled with God and all of his requirements. And that is something that, I believe we would do well to spend more time in thinking about and understanding and giving God praise for that God has reconciled all of my shortcomings and he has balanced the scales. Jesus has balanced the scales for me because when I give an account to God, Jesus comes in and makes everything, everything work makes everything, makes sense, makes everything reconciled to the requirements of a perfect and holy God.
0: My grace is sufficient for you. That word grace, um, I just want to talk about that for a moment because we know that Paul was a student of the law. And as you talk about um, this reconciliation in Christ, I'm just reminded that Jesus himself is the fulfillment of the law. And it says in Romans chapter 6 that uh, we are not under the law, but under grace. So let's talk about that grace, because surely, surely there's someone out there right now who's just struggling with this idea of trying to fulfill the law, of trying to be good, of trying to do right, of trying, once again, not to be weak. Yeah, God's grace is the point. Uh, The fact that the way has already been made,
1: and it is incumbent upon you and me not to make a way, but to find the way. And the way is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus found us. We didn't find him. But for us to recognize uh, that we have been found and there is a way, there's this truth and there's a life in the man Jesus Christ, that is where grace leads us. It leads us to the point where there's nothing that we can do to earn all of that that is benefited and afforded to us in Christ Jesus. And it manifests in the smallest of things. It, it, it is the greatest of concept, but it manifests in the smallest of things where when we look at uh, the weaknesses and we look at the faults even of other people, it, it, we realize that if we're walking in strength and if we're walking in success and victory in that area, it is only by the grace of God who made the way clear to us in Jesus Christ? So it it really does, it really does eliminate any haughtiness, any pride on our part, because pride is the enemy of grace. Pride says that that I myself am responsible for my success, for my righteousness, my goodness, but grace says that all. Anything that can be reconciled, uh, the fact that my life is reconciled with Christ is according to his grace, not according to my works. And when we talk about grace, we have to, as you said earlier, juxtapose them about, uh, uh, to, to works in the law, to anything that I can earn, anything I can do on my own strength. Because if I can do the things that please God on my own strength, I don't need his grace. But as the wonderful song said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Well, well, grace keeps me reminded that without God, I am a wretch undone and I am lost. And it's but by God's grace who looked upon me when I did not deserve even to be looked upon, or certainly not to be looked upon favorably, that God's grace touched me in the place
0: where I am and brought me to the place where I am today. There's this belief that um, perhaps we've all been guilty of at one point or another, but I think it's really a shallow belief that once you get saved, you're somehow different than other people. And I've heard you say that my weakness is not a sin, but a platform for God's strength. And I just want to add that my weakness is not a point of failure, but a point of freedom. So what, is, what does it really look like, Pastor, to walk in freedom— from my weaknesses with the understanding that I'm never going to escape the weakness of this body of of, of this flesh. For example, the scripture says the righteous stumbles seven times, yet rises again. What does it look like, Pastor, to walk in this power? Paul says the power of Christ rests upon me. What does it look like to really walk this out and not get sour? and judgmental toward other people, which really seems to be um, just so uh, anti-Christ, if you will. Our relationship with God, our
1: conversation with God, um, our partnership with God and things that that, uh, He ordains and commands for us keeps us really current with Him. And if I'm current with God, then I'm walking with Him step by step, conversation by conversation. And I realize very quickly that apart from His presence and apart from His power— apart from his grace, that there's no way that I can fulfill his requirement to be kind and loving and open and available uh, to those around me. Um, If I take upon myself the position of being a child of God and I forget that I'm his child, not because I'm good or not because I'm worthy, if I forget that fact, then I'm going to look at others poorly. And somehow or another, I am going to appropriate The goodness of God and the benefits of His grace is something that I've earned, something that has to do with my own goodness. And and it doesn't matter how long I walk with the Lord and how well I do with the Lord. What really, really matters is that He gets the glory, and I recognize that it is Him doing the great things in me and accomplishing that in me that gives Him glory. It's never about me. That's the one thing that staying close to God will keep me aware of, that this walk, if I'm going to do it well, is never, ever about me. There's a dependence that I have on Jesus Christ and the flow of the Spirit of God in my life, and and that Spirit flows through my commitment to God and His house and His Word and the closet of prayer and the determination to stay away from anything that glorifies
0: me and steals the glory from Him. That's really encouraging, Pastor. I am just struck by the fact that in my futile efforts to be strong, I also don't know how to be weak, but I'm encouraged that I do have the ability to simply present myself to Him. And that's such an incredible and amazing and wonderful thing because when I hear Paul's boasting here, what I really see is that he understood, like you just said, that it wasn't about him, but it was about Jesus. And so I'm encouraged, Pastor, that I don't have to have the answers. I don't have to figure it out all the time. I just simply need to present myself to him because he is the answer. And our walk, Cody,
1: with God, how well we walk with him has to be assessed by something other than our circumstances, how well we're doing, how successful we are how many hear us and love us and follow us, uh, how many friends we have and how well things are going for us. It is a much deeper, deeper understanding that what really pleases God is the apprehension that we have of the man, Jesus Christ. And the only way we're going to have a proper apprehension of Christ, once again, is if it's not about us, if it's not about our strength, if it's not about our success, if it's not about the fact that people are talking about us and think well of us, but they're talking about Jesus and thinks well of him because of our witness. And our witness to him is as true, uh, is as authentic as our commitment to Him being the light that shines through us. Once we become wise in the things of the Lord, if it becomes about our wisdom, then we're going to fall short of God's glory. If it becomes about, once again, our success and, and anything good or great about us, then somehow or another, we're getting the glory that belongs to Jesus Christ. But the Lord really is fiercely determined to work through us and to work through the shortcomings and the weaknesses that we all must confess that are true of us, so that he can be the one that is strong. If I'm strong, then I don't need God's strength, or I don't think that I do. But if I realize that without him, I am nothing, then I'm exactly where he wants me, and that place becomes a place where I desire to live.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Things I Wish Someone Told Me About God. We hope you found this discussion stimulating and enjoyable, as well as uplifting. So much so, that you'll tell a friend or two and listen in again. Pastor Eric and I will be back with the next episode shortly. Until then, may God bless and strengthen you in your walk with Him. On behalf of Pastor Eric, I'm Cody Willis, praying God's best for you.